everyone. Welcome, welcome to the She Shed. This is your girl Janelle Ray in LA. And Miss Rosa coming at you. <laughs> and today we're going to follow up with part two of our Relationships podcast. And we have um, a very special guest today, our uh, our sound man, our, our producer over here, uh, the man awesome of man of mystery. Yes, man of very few words, but hopefully today he will share many words. Profound insight. Yes, like E.F. Hutton. When he talks, you listen. And hear a point. Yes, uh, my better half, uh, Mr. Uh, Mikey B, otherwise known as Uber Mike on uh, Instagram, Uber Mike 78. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the She Shed, sir. Thank you for bringing me here. Well, you were here anyway, <laughs> so I mean, it's not like you had far to go. Hey, this is the TV show. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, we're going to keep it as usual, as authentic as we, we always do. Um, you know, we put a couple of uh, feelers out there asking people for their questions, if they had any on relationships. They don't want to get involved in this mess. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't want any part of this. They, they don't want they no just, smoke. They don't want the like, smoke. What's her tea? What's, no smoke. What's, what's the reason why she ain't? Talking about relationships, but nobody wants uh -oh. to get no. Gotta find you. Gotta find that in the smoke for real. <laughs> so we we gonna go with a, a a man's perspective. Oh. I lost it. Did you? Mm -hmm. There you go. So we gonna go with a man's perspective on some things here, and um, I know Arissa had some questions already posed and poised for oh, you, but snap. um, why don't we? Uh, why don't you just start with? Um, a little bit of your relationship history, and then uh, how mm. you came to how you came to find love. Mm. That's a long story. We'll take the reader's digest. <laughs> um. Well, basically, I never really know what love is. I don't want to know. What um. Love is. Sorry. Because I always, I always, I try to, I mean, I, I know now, you know, a little bit now. I'm still learning. Um, but because um, I always heard about the stories of my father, you know, how he had multiple women all over the place. So I kind of like took on that same role, you know. I saw my brothers do it when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so basically what you're saying is that what you saw in your household kind of molded what you became as you were released out into the world? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Because of, um, because, you know, my brothers are 10 and 12 years older than me. So, you know, just being a kid, watching them in the house, coming in with random women all mm -hmm. the time. I was mm -hmm. like, I want to be like my brothers. Yeah. I want to do the same thing and I want to have more. Mm -hmm. So it basically became like a, Competition, but not really. So you're just a big sinner. Basically, I can't. Sinner. I was a, mm -hmm. a woman juggler. <laughs> I just, just knew how to juggle them, you know. And mm -hmm. it came to a point in time where I stopped playing the game and I became the manager of the game. Mm. <laughs> really, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, you just get to the point where, you know. See how you, proud of the, that they, they become, too? But, yeah, yeah because it, it becomes, it becomes. My it becomes, looks all the doors. 
Yeah, it becomes it comes it became like a sport. That's why mm-hmm. it became like a sport to see it's the sport of say hunting, yeah. right? So you find your 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 prey prey that you're looking for, right? And I'm, I'm gonna take that down. So that's the whole point. I want to see how fast I can take it down. Mm. So that's the game of what's the what's the time? You know, cause me and my friends used to have. Um, Bets to see, you know, who could get them the fastest. That's a hot mess. And I, I used to call myself the fat nigga that gets mine. Mm. So, because everybody was hating him, like, you, you can't get nothing. But, you know, I used to drive, drive, fly all the time, and not drive, but dress oh, fly all the time. Fly, fly. You know what I mean? So, um, had money in my pocket. It was probably, oh, that's when I was on my first scam and didn't even know it. Mm. I was scamming off the internet. Didn't even black know it. Those were those Black Planet days. It wasn't even Black Planet. It was just AOL chat rooms. Uh, no, yeah, and, and then I used to uh, the original catfish. Exactly, and that wasn't even we wasn't even sending pictures. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know probably know how to do that. Just yet. get this conversation going. Yeah, so uh, the the whole plan was me and my friend was um, talk to these random girls and get money from them. Can and, you hire me? Can you and, send me? <laughs> yeah. So then, it's a hot mess. So we used to take that money and go to the mall and hang out in the mall all day long. Bag the girls in the mall. Mm-hmm. Bag the girls working in the stores we like. So we could either get free stuff or discounts. Mm-hmm. And then when we get home, there's probably mails or letters full with money in it. So then we get back home. All oh, that home. Yeah, all that hoeing, and y'all never thought to open a business. No, right. that's the, and that's the funny part. And as I think of it now, I was like, "Wow!" I said, "All that money we was getting, we were just yeah. spending it so quickly." Reckless. It was like literally hundreds of dollars coming in every day. So it was like we definitely, like I said that, that was money a job. Yeah, at nighttime we was literally I could have seven boxes open up saying the same thing. Boop, 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 boop. Cut and paste. That was that cut and paste paste love. Yep. So I was cutting and pasting. And I probably didn't even know how to cut and paste yet. So I was rewriting everything. Because I already knew how to type fast. And that just speaks a lot to the desperation, I think, that people have to get attention, um, you know, without really kind of having any idea of, like, who they are. Because... When we see these kind of catfish situations and scenarios, they thirsty. We're watching, you know, as an observer and thinking, how is this absolutely possible mm-hmm. that this person is getting scammed like this? Mm-hmm. Where it's very, very easy to mm-hmm. do your due diligence mm-hmm. and not have this happen. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it speaks to an element of desperation to be partnered with somebody mm-hmm. in order to be in a situation mm-hmm. like this like I never understood online dating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and no judgment against anybody that has ever done it but it was something for me that I could never wrap my mind mm-hmm. around when there are just so many people outside of your front door mm-hmm. and so um, tying it back to you know being a hunter because that's something that I think is um, very interesting that mm-hmm. you said in terms of your relationship to how you um, saw women mm-hmm. um, as something to be hunted, hunted and acquired. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you ever feel like you were ever hunted 
because there's always, you know, something that them tables they do always turn, and the hunter eventually does Becomes become hunted. hunted. Mm. Have you ever felt that way that somebody set their sights on you and you never saw them coming? Mm-hmm. Me. <laughs> um, I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I was just always being well. Boston is different because it, it got easier when I went to Boston. I didn't have to work as hard because the females would throw themselves at me. So that's why I said it got I'm to the point it was so easy. Mm-hmm. Because in New York, like, you know, girls would sit there, even like we Boston train at the time, you know, girls would sit there, they'll look at you, but they won't say nothing until you press them, you know. So how old were you when you got into a real relationship? How old were you when I met you? You've had relationships How old were you when I met you? Oh, let's see. Oh, God. How old was I? So, no. I was 20. We met in 04. So, I was 23. So, you were 20. I was about to be 24. So, you were 20. I don't know. 25, 26? We met in... No, we met in 04. We met in 04. May of 04. So, I was 23 at the time. About to be... 24. Okay, because yeah, June was coming the next month. Right. So I was about to be 24. So you were 27. 27. Mm-hmm. So probably 28. Right. Okay. <laughs> because any relationship right. I had, yeah. I cheated on him. Mm-hmm. So and you were 27 when we met. I guess. And how long did it take you to get married after you guys met? A year later. A year later. Okay. And like probably two months later, two months later in a relationship, I accidentally married him. And that was something that you knew? Yeah. I kind of felt it, yeah. You knew that, like, I, I'm going to get married. You have to tell them this. You have to tell them the story. Because, oh, yeah, so basically. otherwise, you sound crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. that doesn't sound crazy. So, um, while and out again, you know, every day, literally, every day. Um, Just so you know, I'm shaking my head with judgment and shame at this. Mm-hmm. Every day. I'm, I'm a no-judgment zone. Yeah. So... So it was this random day. Um, one of the girls I used to talk to. One of the girls I used to talk to. Um, she, I used to call her the ugly bee. I didn't want to say, but they call her the ugly bee. Mm. That was her name on my phone. Mm. Mm. But she had good stuff. Mm. <laughs> she knew how to use her good stuff. I mean, so you know what I mean. Diamond yeah, so. said, "Use what you got to get what you want." <laughs> yeah, so, um, I met her in. It wasn't three C's. What was the other one? A club. Unity. You met her in a yep. club. Met her in a club. So. No good comes from club. Right. <laughs> so That's basically, I, we was dancing, and I just liked the way she danced. You know, most of the time, like if you could dance, you could, you could do a little something. So, um. I just like the way she did, and it was like she mad ugly, but damn, she could dance. Mm-hmm. And then she was just feeling me, and she was all over me, and I was like, yo, being especially, I used, to, I never used to drink that much, but I used to be high all the time. Mm-hmm. So you know what happened? I was high, so everybody looked good when you were high. Mm. <laughs> so boom, you know, took her home, and that was it. But then we had a conversation one day. Um, or well, hold on, before I get to that, this is gonna be a mess up story, but. Um, so I didn't know she had a kid. So I went to her house 
and the kid, the baby, there was a girl that came out. She was mad pretty. So I was like, a cop blocking me. Right. So she came in, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's your daughter. She's like, yeah. And then I was like, nah, that's your daughter. Like, like you had her. She's like, yeah. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. She always said it like that. And I was like, nah, I'm just saying, I didn't. It. Right? Yeah, basically, I was like, "How you made this pretty girl?" So hot. <laughs> so then we was having a, like I said, we was having a random conversation, and it came about uh, church. So she said, "You know, she'd been to church a couple of times of her lifetime." I was like, "Well, I grew up in church," so I was like, "I know I'm out here sinning, anyways." You know what I mean? So, boom, we get start talking. You know, she's asking me certain questions about God and stuff like that. Then here it come, just like thunder. Wham! Hit her. She starts speaking in tongues. Then you get. And then I was I had to put my head I put my head down. I was like this. I was like, oh snap. So I'm so used to this happening in church. Mm-hmm. Never had it had an experience outside of church of this happening. It was the very first time seeing somebody that don't even go to church who barely even know God and starts prophesying. So, you know, just like in the Bible where it shows that, you know, how the ass prophesied, mm-hmm. you know, the donkey. Right. So that all bugged me out. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, for real right now? So, you know, being a, a, a church girl for so long, you know, I, I probably should have hung up on her, but I know God was coming. Mm-hmm. He was about to speak. So, you know, he basically cleansed her by speaking in tongues through her mm-hmm. so he cleansed her to make her pure to talk through her so he spoke to her and he's like if you don't stop messing with all these girls uh you'll die slow you'll have these sicknesses these diseases you'll be in the hospital you'll never get married never have kids if you don't stop so i was like oh my god so boom she fell you heard the phone slide across the floor and she was like, oh, my God, what happened? I don't know what happened. I don't know, I feel like something took off my body. Can you tell me what I said? So that, all that experience I'm going through with her, like, I said, yo, I can't even talk right now. I'm like, I'm like, I said, whatever was just said through you is not for you. I'm like, it's just it's for me, and I got to go. And I got the message. Yeah. And good night. And I was shook up, you know, and that whole night I sat there till the sun came up, and I was mine blown because i said i never had this experience so through a, a female that i was messing with you know and i'm like i don't mess with all these church girls this never happened <laughs> you know what I me mean? so church girls are the worst just saying um but yeah so that happened and you know i sat there and i was like all right god i'm gonna just chill i'm gonna chill i'm not gonna i'm gonna chill i'm gonna, I'm gonna slow down you know what i mean so you know my only reason was you know you know, if you give me a wife to do all these things with that I like doing all the time, I'll stop. So he's like, write it down and make it plain what you want in a wife. So I started writing. Mm-hmm. So then I made my creative player on paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bam. Mm-hmm. And then I, just like I said, I, I want her to come from you. She has to walk to me. Mm-hmm. So I know it's coming from you. Right. So like that day I met her. Even though two of the girls backed me up that day mm-hmm. before she came, they never got out of the car. Mm-hmm. But she's the only one that got out of the car and walked right. to me. Right. So I didn't realize all that happened until I, I went to write something down on the paper again. And I saw 
that it said, I want her to walk to me. Mm-hmm. So I know it's coming from you. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. Put it back, put it back, put it back, put it back. <laughs> you know, that's really, you know, remarkable in terms of um, signs and, you know, God speaking mm-hmm. um, to you and kind of letting you know who your person is because I had the um, exact opposite experience. Mm. I had the sign that let me know that this was not my person and that I should mm. get the fuck mm. And I met, the person that I married um, when I was in Vegas. Oh, you was married? Yeah. yeah, I was actually, I was married um, when I was 24. I got mm. married. For how and, long? Um, That's the same age I got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like five minutes. Said five minutes. <laughs> like five minutes. Um, <clears throat> and um, the person that I met, you know, um, like I said, nothing good comes from nightlife and what have you. And I was just mm. young and, you know, really... Um, all over the place, and he was seven years older than me. But one of the main things about me, um, you know, irrespective of what religion I grew up in or followed or didn't, was that I was very, very aware of signs. And signs meant a lot to me across the board. And, you know, through the course of that relationship that I was in with him, you know, like I would see a lot of signs that seemed to validate, you know, what I thought was supposed to be our experience. Mm-hmm. And I remember that when I got married, um, you know, when you, you want to talk about signs, mm-hmm. you want to talk about signs mm-hmm. and God speaking without having to say a fucking word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got married in Santa Monica at the Shutters Hotel. And I wanted to do this wedding on the beach where everybody wore white linen and we all mm. held hands and walked to the water and mm. I said my vows at sunset. So I had this whole thing set up to do exactly that. And I am in the hotel room getting ready to go downstairs onto the beach and my mother's phone rings. Mm. And I hear her in the background. What? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. I won't say anything. All right. You know, and it was one of those flip phones where she, you know, slammed mm-hmm, it shut. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the bathroom, you know, and I heard all of this. And I'm like, hi, what's wrong? And she's like, nothing. She <laughs> nothing it. at all. She's like, um, I think that the justice of the peace is just stuck in traffic. Okay? Sorry. So I'm sitting here like, okay, fine, you know. She stalls me. And we, you know, I am looking at my bridesmaid. And her name is Sky. And I'm like, we have to get down there. Like sunset is about to happen. We need to go downstairs now. And they're like, okay. And we're walking along the beach and I see two men in black running toward the beach with walkie talkies. Right? And we're all standing there and they hand something to my mother, who then slips it, you know, to several people until it gets to the person that I was supposed to do my vows with. And <laughs> sure enough. I find out after I take my vows that both of my rings had fallen down an elevator shaft 10 minutes before. So that was a phone call that my mother got. And they tell me, you know, because I had asked, I'm like, you know, what's going on? Why is there only like one ring here? Because, you know, they had only found one, <laughs> strangely enough. And um, they explained to me what happened. And I was just like, well, we shouldn't have done this. 
and everybody was floored that I like just said it like that. I was like, well, that was my sign. I was like, this, this is a wrap. <laughs> and I meant it. Right. I meant it. I'm like, why didn't you guys tell me mm-hmm. that this happened? And they're like, well, we knew you would have what not gone through with it because that was the message. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The most uncomfortable wedding dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> after that. Because you can imagine, like, yeah. I'm completely in my thoughts, like, right. oh, this is a wrap, you know, and nothing that anybody can say mm-hmm. is changing, you know, my mind. And mm-hmm. then, like, I just remembered that, like, okay, we're about to go, like, you know, to this um, villa in the Bellagio. I have a shitload of people here, like, mm-hmm. you know, at least let them just have this really cool party for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the Bellagio and, you know, stayed in this villa and had a great party. And then I went on my honeymoon and... Probably, yeah, not even, I don't even think it lasted 90 days. Mm. You know, like, it was just, I was so completely in my mind, like, this isn't it, that, like, you know, it ended up getting annulled. So, I, technically, I never was married. Mm. But it's true. that um, experience did happen. And it goes to show you that, you know, you can find the answers literally through like a spoken word or you know, mm-hmm. through a huge massive sign for me yeah. that was just completely unescapable yeah there was just literally nothing for me to to go back on because what are the actual odds that you know my soon-to-be mother-in-law took the rings from the ring bearer and as she's taking them from him the ring box opens mm. at just exactly the right time mm-hmm. as the elevator, elevator door so that they fall down the shaft. Mm. If that wasn't right. odd, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> right. let me sweep this away like right now. That was an amazing coincidence. Right. Um, you know, and that wasn't what specifically um, turned me one specific way about marriage or what have you, but it definitely put things into perspective that there are signs when you find your person and when you don't, that are completely unquestionable. Right. And the, the first step of those signs, you have to ex- accept Absolutely. Because sometimes people well, hear them. the most and ignore and them. ignore yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't a situation where that happened and then, like, I just traipsed on down to the beach. Mm-hmm, like, they mm-hmm. knew better mm-hmm. than to tell me because there was just mm-hmm. no way. And that would have just been, like, a whole bunch of wasted that'd, that'd money. Have, yeah, that would have added... That would have added a question. And I was answer just like, question. I don't care. Right. <laughs> My question is, where was the beach in Vegas? Because I'm so confused. Oh, the Shutters um, is in Santa Monica out here in Los Angeles. You said Santa Monica. Yeah, oh, so I, I thought Santa. you said in Vegas. No, I got married in Santa Monica and I got divorced oh. in, or annulled in Vegas. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Most people go to Vegas and do a quick marriage. Right. <laughs> I did it the opposite. I shot out here to L.A. And um, yeah, I know I had my white linen beach wedding. And my wedding photographer was the um, field photographer for the Raiders. Nice. So I got some amazing, amazing shots. I'd love to see those shots. Oh, I don't day. have them. <laughs> my ex has them. They're in Vegas. When I saw him like five years ago, uh, we had a good He still has them? All of them. Yeah, he, has, he still has them. He tried to give them to me. I was like, oh. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Am I? What am I, gonna do? Am I toting these around? <laughs> The memory is enough, as you can tell. I I feel you. Yeah, I hear you. I think that's interesting. So, you know, on on my end, you know, I never designed a person on paper. You know, I I grew up, I grew up Christian, but in a in a the AME church, which wasn't really you know spirit filled. Yeah. So I just went to church. Just been to do. 
you're ridiculous. Um, <laughs> just, you know, the thing to do. Never really thought about it. I always said, though, that I wanted to be married by 25, be married for five years, have kids at 30, back to back, four of them done, one kid, then a set of twins, and then I'm done. You know, um, and that's just not how it worked out. Man plans and God orders or steps, right? Mm. So, you know, it just so happened that because I had always said that, I did end up married by 25, you know. Um, but, you know, when I say that Mike, when we met, was my complete opposite. Um, not the type of guy that I dated in college, and you know that better than anyone. Um, you know, I liked six foot and above, you know, either Italian or, um, you know, Puerto Rican, light skin, Spanish is, you know, if there was. Gotta get on that melanin. You know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this, coming from a product, a multiracial, biracial child is telling me about the. She don't like, like diluted that. melanin? Who knows? Did you say diluted melanin? I'm done. <laughs> so, you know, um, when I brought Mike home, you know, everybody was just like, you can hear a pin drop. You know, I brought him to my great grandmother's house at the time, and you could hear like a pin drop and my aunt Leanne she's so funny she goes well at least she's not a lesbian I mean like <laughs> I'm like oh god and so my cousins thought that was hysterical they're like you really have no idea who your niece is do you seriously and they're a late in life lesbian so you know you <laughs> never want to just say that because somebody got married that that's the end of that story that's funny I'm done they were never a late in life lesbian they were always a lesbian they just never <laughs> they were late in, 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 in their outing it. yes yeah. in their outing if you will but um hey that has a J on it but um these are my initials mm -hmm. um sorry y'all I'm just looking at some stuff that I was got. but um yeah so you know for me it was like I was always um closed off like I never I wasn't the girl that had a boyfriend all through high school and all through college. That was not my life. I was not about that life. You know, I was more of the Samantha Jones from Sex in the City. Um, you know, I was a very free spirit. I didn't want to be tied down. But also that was self-preservation because I didn't want to be hurt. You know, I saw, you know, what my mom went through with her divorce, you know, with my father. And then I saw her fall in love with this amazing guy who, you know, she, my mother was arm candy to him. Do you know what I'm saying? It ended up coming out. Later, there were so many stories swirling around him that he was actually gay and like using my mom as arm candy, and he was a minister, and it was just crazy. You know, I saw her heartbreak, <laughs> very, you know, um, you know, and I just saw the heartache that she went through, you know, and I was just like, nah, I'm good. I'll just date and have fun, you know. This kind of speaks to both of your stories, where um, your formative years and what you see, you know, are what dictates how you act when you are out in the world searching for your partner mm -hmm. you were I don't want to say subjective but you were exposed to men who had a revolving door of women mm -hmm. and therefore in the beginning was under the impression that that is the kind of way you conduct yourself mm -hmm. as in prey things to acquire mm -hmm. you come from a scenario where you've seen somebody that aren't really loved for who they are, but for the facade they could put forth. And that forms how we go out into the world because you just said, you know, you were very free. It was disconnected. Disconnected, self-preservation. And then we find these people and 
one thing is is that I'm curious to know because these things until they're acknowledged aren't ever healed they're just pushed away Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not really resolved and if this is a story with you mm-hmm. and a story with me. I saw what I saw growing up in my formative years that dictated the way that I see relationships. So this might be thematic for everybody. Right. Where your home life environment dictates how you end up in the world selecting your partner. And these selections are based on a variety of things. Mm-hmm. It could be your feelings about yourself. Mm-hmm. feelings of things that you are trying to repair mm-hmm. that you saw in your household mm-hmm. whether it be a broken home whether it be an absentee parent mm-hmm. single family household mm-hmm. all of these things that we go ahead and try to resolve through coupling up with somebody else mm-hmm. and what I have found and I don't think that I articulated it you know specifically in the last episode that we did because it was more of me not really um I guess, feeling comfortable to explore mm-hmm. those themes. But the reality is that I firmly believe that until we really go internally and explore who we are and what it is that we are looking for in partnerships, that we will, when we do get in partnerships, you are two broken individuals mm-hmm. that, are in this element in your brokenness mm-hmm. and your experience could have more obstacles because of that. Indeed. Oh, for sure. Like I know, you know, even with my, my daddy issues that I had, I knew that I had to address those and heal those because I knew that I would never be um, a good wife to Mike if I did not address those, you know, and I, I found that a lot of people, you know, that had, similar daddy issues or didn't grow up with their father and things of that nature were always looking for, even if it wasn't consciously, but subconsciously, they were looking for their partner to fill in where oh, absolutely. their are dad really is. looking for parents. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Moms and dads. But even like with Monique, uh, just to talk about hot topics, you know, she had just recently did an interview on a podcast, um, the comedian Monique, okay. and um, she was talking about how she calls her husband daddy, Mm-mm. and um, that is creepy. That's weird. <laughs> well, no. Well, no. Listen, that's weird. listen to what she's saying. Well, no. When you have children, it's not because he calls me mommy and mm-hmm. I call him daddy. Like, go see daddy, or daddy's gonna do this, that, and the third. That's different. When you have children, yeah, and the children are around, small, yes. Are you in the car calling him daddy? No. Because I was about to be like, that's weird. No. Okay. But, so what she was saying, and then people like kind of gave her the side eye in this interview, and she was just like, because, and I call him daddy because he's raising me. Ew, girl. No. <laughs> See? No. Listen. On that note, I don't want, listen. Um, but wait, let me, no, let me explain listen, it. You gotta, girl, you gotta hear her explanation. My sit right with my spirit. I'm <laughs> None of it. I know. It does no, not of very Lord. strange. And I'm I'm not she even, said, this is not of the Lord. I'm not I even that so type done. of person, but no, I feel like I need to get cleansed. I'm done with you. But she said that he is, Michael is cracking up. She's saying that oh, man. he is, is showing her things and, no. and filling it. I understand that. Listen, the void that she didn't have from having a father. And that's a prime example, this is my point, of people not healing before they get married. 
You understand what I'm saying? So granted, her and Sydney have been best friends since they were 14, but she didn't heal the trauma from not having her dad or whatever she went through with her father, and now that's being her husband's responsibility, and I don't think that it should be. I'm still freaked out. Nothing about that explanation. That's why I kept stopping you, because I knew that nothing that you major... said was going to make this slightly acceptable. Mm -hmm. There's nothing <laughs> that you can string together in words that would have me being like, oh, that's totally normal. It's fucking bizarre. Mm -hmm. Don't call your significant other mommy or daddy on some, like, if you don't have your children. They're not supposed to be raising you. If you're right. a grown ass mm -hmm. at your big ass age. You know what? Big ass age. Guide yourself <laughs> to a therapist before you expect somebody to come in and fix you. Like, stop. No. I, I don't. Disagree. And I'm not, I mean, and like I said. I want to be clear, you know, as to why I am so charged behind this, because you have all of these broken people making all of these misguided choices right. and then creating households mm -hmm. that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, go mm -hmm. around and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then these people are unleashed out into the world. And it's just all, all this mess. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, fix it. Why do I sound like a you church were lady? Say, Fix it, Jesus. That's right. Yes. Let him, let him use you. There's God coming let out him of you, girl. You. Hallelujah. But oh my goodness, none of this is acceptable. So I cannot. I mean, the last thing I guess that I would have to say, you know, in terms of my insight on any relationships is know why you're getting into any type mm -hmm. of connection. Yeah. Know who you are. Mm -hmm. I, there's nothing wrong with being alone unless you don't like yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. You, there's no reason to not be alone. And if you don't like yourself, then you can't even expect somebody else to like you because you're not going to show them. Yeah, that's mostly the main reason. Because, like, even the same thing for me, like, my daddy issues because he wasn't there. So my thing was... Um, my thing was, I wanted to make sure to be a better father than him, even though, right? You know, when I did have kids, I was trying to play mm -hmm. as much as I can before I had kids, and um, even the other reason was too that I, the way I was um going is because I was having issues at home, but even though I had a stepfather, but he was never a father to me because he verbally abused me, mm -hmm. um. And I was always mad and angry because I always wanted to take him out. But then, you know, I didn't want my mom to be mad at me or whatever the situation or get locked up for the situation. And then she's out alone, you know what I'm saying? So right. cause my brother's always pressing me to um, make sure that she's protected. Don't leave mom alone. Make mm -hmm. sure that you're doing this so that that she's good. So I try to do so much things. And, like, I really took myself out of the situation because I was always trying to make sure that she was protected. Right. You know what I mean? But then, um, like I said, that the reason why I was I was looking for affection somewhere else because I wasn't really getting it at home. Yeah. You know, so I went and got the affection I got was from having sex. So like, yeah. cause, you know, it's like that be, could become like a drug after a while because, like, you try to get it as much as you can so you can think about that instead of thinking of home. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this, too, with having sex with, you know, multiple people to fill up some type of void. Mm -hmm. Did it actually do that? No. Exactly. It's temporary. So, so beyond the immediate, obviously, like, physical gratification that comes with sex, the energetic elements that I don't think anybody speaks about, when you have sex with 
multiple people, mm-hmm. you are creating an energetic soul tie mm-hmm. to that person mm-hmm. and what they are carrying. And a lot mm-hmm. of people don't ever want to explore this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even want to have no idea mm-hmm. about it and have no idea why they're also walking around feeling jacked up. Jacked mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. You have these energetic imprints now within your chakras mm-hmm. um, that are there mm-hmm. and you know when you are adding multiples to mm-hmm. that there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that you need to work through mm-hmm. and these are the things that in hindsight i i wish that somebody had sat right. down and said this is what it really is and when you have all of these people that had no idea mm-hmm. how to fix themselves, mm-hmm. then get coupled. And that's what leads me to believe that we are actually like graduating in, in mentally in, in an evolution in terms of us as society and mm-hmm. humans. Because I don't think that our parents or their parents even had the tools or the abilities to speak like this Mm -hmm. and verbalize Mm -hmm. these types of concepts. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, So I agree with you 100% on that. And, you know, we learned them as soul ties, right? Mm -hmm. And then not even just on that level, but the scientific level, you know, I've seen so many things where... If you've had multiple partners and unprotected sex and you leave that DNA of that sperm floating around in your vagina, I mean, that's crazy. So one of the things that we've done... Still a, girl, still a, still a connection. A girl. It's been in brain tissue. It's been in other things. Please do. But, um, you know, we're teaching... Well, I don't want to say our girls because our baby's too young, but Michaela yes. is not. She is 12, about to be 13 next month. And, you know... I wasn't brought up with the stressing of abstinence. You know, um, my mother was like... You need to be stressing that. Right, of course. And so... Period. 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 So my mom was on some old, you know, um, you're going to be on birth control and don't you dare get pregnant because you're going to the clinic type stuff. Oh, I'm not raising... like you're going to hell if you have sex. Me too. Oh, that's Me too. Great. <laughs> but no, my mother you're was not. My, mo- my mother mm-hmm. is a true liberal Democrat, but loves the Lord. Mm. But so we're doing things a little bit different. We uh, met this man uh, named uh, Timothy Alden, who wrote a book called The Purity Revolution. And it has a purity pledge in the back of it. And, you know, we have already decided that we wanted to stress abstinence until marriage with our girls. And... Um, you know, we decided when that time came and Michaela became a young lady, we would get her a purity ring and explain it to her. Michaela wanted no parts of the sex talk anyway. She's a very young 12-year-old. She's, she still she's thinks growing. She's, a baby. she's getting, she's maturing. This year, she, since she's turned 12, she's she matured. Did. She's coming to her own. She's like, not my little baby anymore. Coming out and, of her shell. Um, she's coming out of her shell. But, um, you know, we started reading this book together. And... Um, I think it's important. I mean, the book hasn't gotten as much traction as I would like, but it touches on the very things that you're speaking about. You know, the connections, the soul ties that you get, and you think about it. You know, you can have had sex with hundreds of thousands of people just by having sex with five people because it's the people they've slept with and the people they've slept with who slept with who slept with who slept with, and it keeps going on. Like, legit, if that was like, you know, an MLM business, Mm -hmm. the people that we've slept with, we'd be multimillionaires, if not billionaires by now. Just me. Good I'm serious, Nami. I didn't throw my pussy out there like that all crazy. 
I was thrown out there. No, I wasn't. I cleaned the fifth. But even so, I said even five people. So, I mean, you know, even with five, you multiply that, that yeah. compounds exponentially. Unless everybody was a virgin. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which I don't. No, they don't. You're right, one. exactly. I but, you know, that's what we're stressing. We're breaking that cycle. And that's what I think is so important, you know, with with Mike and I is that we're breaking, you know, generational curses or, you know, though I don't think curses existed after after the cross, but we're breaking those generational crap. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, we're not buying into that. Like, oh, our parents were divorced, so we're going to end up divorced. Nah, we don't buy that. We create our own destinies and... um you know, we're showcasing things very differently for our girls and we stress abstinence. Like I literally, I told Mike when Michaela was a baby, when she becomes of age, I'm showing my girl all of the things, all of the STDs and what can happen. Oh, I said that too. And let me, and he said that too, but let me tell you what, I, said, I boys, sure did. Boys are dirty. They got cooties. He's yeah. ridiculous. Boys are filthy. <laughs> I'm done with both of you. It's a fact though. But there's some girls that are filthy too though. Let's not get it twisted. Listen, the, the way that, there's some restructuring that needs to go down in some households. Yeah. Don't be releasing wild animals <laughs> oh out of the streets for the rest of good, us good. to have to take yeah. no, on understand. every level. Look at this. Like, the monsters outside. Like, we're sitting yeah. here like, oh, why is this person a hot flaming fucking mess? Well, let's trace it back to their household. Yeah. Like, get yeah. your households together. Yeah. Everything starts in the household. So that's what we're doing. And I, I mean, you know, I showed her pictures. I Googled women. With because I didn't want her seeing like pictures of penises and things yeah, like that. Yeah, when she gets so, older, yeah. When well, she in her sex ed class, that's a whole nother issue. She's already seen. They showed it. What? <laughs> that's a whole. Nother, welcome to LAUS. So we did learn that in high. Well, that's See, high yeah, school though. We that, learned that. Though. Well, I mean, if not for nothing, but they've already been probably subliminally, subliminally, yeah, on the Little yeah, Mermaid yeah, cover yeah, yeah. with all the little Disney cartoons yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything else. There's but you need You won't know unless you know. There is sex everywhere, but no, because there's, um, just because the seed is planted subconsciously, it can be pulled out um, Mm -hmm, with the mm -hmm. right command. Mm -hmm. It can be pulled out with the right, like, radio frequency Mm -hmm. or, like, song that plays. Mm -hmm. Boom. The way that the subconscious mind works with um, those images that Mm -hmm. are hidden is very you obviously because it's in the subconscious you won't realize Realize it they talk about in the movie theater when they would do these tests about people watching the previews Mm -hmm. and they would play show a half a frame of the concession stand and the amount of people that would get up and go to the concession stand and you don't see it you know as it's playing through the thing just a half of a frame but the amount of people that would get up and go to the concession stand Mm -hmm. after that frame played Mm -hmm. would basically double Wow. Right? Yeah. So signals. those signals mm-hmm. are real. Oh, absolutely. Across mm-hmm. the board. Mm-hmm. And you We're going to have to do a whole show on the subconscious mind. Nestor. I'm delving oh, into that book. Oh, I know. Let's, no, let's write no. this down. Just oh, you want to come back as a guest for that? <laughs> That's my pocket right there. So you want to come back onto the she shed? I will be here coming from the man cave. Oh, yeah, we could come do a combination of the She Shed and the Man Cave because that's his, his podcast that he has going on. The Why Man Cave. Not? We can cross promote. I love pod, the podcast world. At first, I was unsure about dipping my toe into it, but now I'm ready to take a deep dive. Dive I got four sister. podcasts coming up next Sick. week. Yeah, yeah, our Arsenio show. Up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I agree with you on that 100%, Arissa, that um, there really needs to be more 
for restructuring in the households because there's a whole generation of people that are seeing bad relationships. But I honestly think like our generation, okay, so my generation, the older millennials, because y'all are generation Xers, but why are you putting anybody's <laughs> business out here in these streets like this? I'm just saying. And just for the record, like y'all blame blaming millennials for everything because it's the Generation Z that's out there wilding, eating Tide Pods. It is not Mm-mm. the millennials. I just want to say that because we were starting in 1980 and go up to 1994. Okay. Checking your okay, hold on, hold on. Because if, if there's a generation that's eating Tide Pods, then <laughs> Tide Pods. it's done. There ain't nothing coming after that. You might as well just wrap it up. I don't know nothing about the generation stuff. I'm from Brownsville. Okay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So anyway, um, yeah, no, but seriously, I think it's our generation that's stopping that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have the airplanes in the sky. Airplanes, all the time. Um, but in terms of the whole like purity element, that's something that I wanted to touch on real quick because I want to um, explore just very quickly the element of. Um, purity versus not being pure and so basically these purity rings denote denote your level of purity mm-hmm. because you're untouched mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so does that kind of give a misguided way about like sex in terms of like you know that you become unpure when you've had sex like because I don't expect everybody to wait until marriage because marriage also isn't for everybody. Right. You know, you, you really can't assume that anybody is going to wait until they get married. You would hope that they, at the very least, just make the decision when they do couple up with somebody that they're making a mature, informed decision. But having the expectation that somebody is going to remain pure until marriage, I don't particularly think is a realistic mm-hmm. goalpost mm-hmm. To, to set up. Like it's, always a, it's always there's, a select There's few. variables. And mm-hmm. so in order to frame that, I, I would be framing it in terms of like keeping yourself reserved Right until you feel like you've developed a connection with somebody that's so deep that you would actually want them inside of you, right? For lack of a better term, that's how I would frame it because I wouldn't, you know, sex isn't dirty, sex isn't mm-hmm. impure, no. whether you have it, you know, before marriage or not. So, we come from a whole biblical perspective because that's how we're bringing up our girls, so we're raising them in our Christian faith, and that's how. We do it. And they have amazing examples. Shout out to uh, Rachel and Rebecca, who are, you know, their TTs from back prime home. Examples. And prime examples of, you know, beautiful, I mean, beautiful girls. Mm-hmm. And waited until they got married to oh, indulge wow. in sex. And because they knew of the consequences that came with it spiritually, as well as what could potentially happen Physically, because I don't think as a teenager, you're ready for that. I don't think that you're young enough to do that. And so in our faith, it's absolutely like the the writer of this book, Tim, he's 56 and is a virgin. And not because he's ugly and not because he's, um, you know, a cornball because he's not. He's dope. But he has chosen to remain a virgin until... He gets married if that ever happens. So then that opens the door for if you don't meet somebody worth marrying, you're going to go your whole life sexless. Like, Tim, Tim, 
Ken. Ken. He's also a pastor, so it's probably not going to happen. Well, if he's a pastor, then that's different. But I, I don't think waiting until marriage is realistic, and I don't think the two virgins going into a lifetime together, nah. Well, I didn't, well, I didn't well, say her husband was a virgin. No, I'm just saying that waiting or or one virgin mm-hmm. going in with a non-virgin. Like I, I believe that sex is sacred for everybody, and what you do with your sexual organs really is your business. It's not my business. Mm-hmm. But if I were to be like raising somebody that I'm going to release out into the world, I'm going to be framing things in a way that has them valuing themselves. Mm-hmm. And then valuing a connection with somebody else that is worthy of this exchange. Mm-hmm. Period. I'm not putting any extra like, you know, like if you do this, like you become impure. Or if you don't wait until marriage. Because two, how do you even know if you're sexually compatible? You're going to find out on your wedding night when you're stuck with that motherfucker? Mm-hmm. But see, then for that for life? With, mm-hmm. But then that goes with that goes into the, with the element of faith. I wish I waited until I got married to my <laughs> I wish I did. That's I where think, your I faith think. has to come in. And mm. you have to, that's where your trust and belief in God is that you're going to be, he's going to send you somebody mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you're sexually compatible with mm-hmm. because you're honoring him by not, you know, giving it away. Keeping like yourself. I lost my virginity way too early. Um, and, you know, I, I wish, I wish that I waited to give that to Mike on our wedding night. That would have been a dope ass wedding gift. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I mean, we tried to recreate that. <laughs> I I just think too. I just think that you know, who knows? Like, especially with two virgins, they like they'll have their first time experience with each other, right? <laughs> right. So as as funny oh as funny it may sound, as funny it <laughs> may look hilarious. when it's happening, <laughs> there'll be two people. Okay, wait. Okay, where I'm should sure. I put it? I'm sure. What should I do? You know what I'm saying? You I just never know. Talk be, about it. I had a they time. both will get the, that. That'll be the best, funniest experience ever. <laughs> it won't coming from my. That'd well, be, that'd be mad have funny. To have the best sense of humor. In yeah, you'll have to be like you They both learning the, <laughs> the same next, time. The next day, sitting at the breakfast table, just staring at each other, just staring at their hands. Like, what was that? Be like kids <laughs> when you first mess with somebody, you doing something. The same thing happens. You just want to be next to her all the time. And pull her hair, or do something, throw stuff at her. You know, you little kid. You know, that's how you used to flirt back in the day. Right? Oh, you mad as a little kid? Yeah. Oh, oh, I was like, wait you know, a minute. Young, like, you know, you used to do some random stuff. Giving a little bit of too much info. <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? You know, being mad annoying. I can't. They just gonna be, hey, this is our first time. And, yeah. and then there's communication, right? If yeah. something's not working or, you know, because trust, I'm go- as they get older, I'm going to speak to them. Like, I'm going to put them up on game. They're not going to be going into this blind, like the blind oh, yeah. being the I, blind. Oh, I already no. told you that before we had Michaela and Angie and just that I'm going to teach her me. Because mm-hmm. I was definitely a yeah, monster. Yeah, right. You be walking around. You be walking no, away whenever I talk like, about. Need to, he needs no, to put her up on guy game. No, okay. The only I'm thing, just going I, to the only thing I, I, I run away from is. The period talk. Okay, so the only thing that I'm going to say is just as a father, Mm. you really need to be, you know, showing your daughters the world in terms of how men 
are as an example so that they are not impressed by any of these dusty oh, yeah. little boys. Well, I got trying to, that's so trying that. to show them a trip to Miami. Boy, no, a trip to Miami. Don't get flued out. Some Chick-fil-A. You get flued out. Long John Silver's or, you know, whatever. Some Chipotle. Um, did you just say that? Olive Garden, whatever oh, they're going mm-hmm. to. Sister. But yeah, that, that's what I kind of do, even in the household, you know, just showing them how I treat her uh, doing stuff in the house. Like, I'm not just no lazy dad just yeah, sitting there all day long, you know, cook, clean, whatever, whatever, you know, mommy asked me to do, I can yeah, do it, you, you know, and, and they see that, you know what I mean? So no. they see the way I treat, because yeah. I know kids don't do what you do, they do what you say, kids don't do what you say, they do what, what you, you do. do. But then yeah. they, what they saw you do. Right. So right. They, they said, exactly. that's how, so many, I got family members that are, that saw physical abuse in the house and mm. they deal with the same thing too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they own relationship. Yeah. And then we, as the boys of the family, oh, we're going to save them. Yeah. And then they go right back. It, it's, it's like, a cycle. no more. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. You have it's to a cycle. teach them esteem of self and yeah. have it be so high mm-hmm. that nothing, like nothing that is remedial, mm-hmm. basic, is impressive. Mm-hmm. You sneer at that. Mm-hmm. I scoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you? Mm-hmm. And I get your little dusty son away mm-hmm. from okay. my Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that that's, that's going well, honestly, because we just had like a parent-teacher conference with Michaela's teacher. And, you know, this little girl, I mean, it's been amazing to watch her and and to be her mommy because she's gone from a little girl who was super shy, who if you asked her to go to the counter to just ask the, if you were at like a fast food place um, to get like extra napkins, she had a complete meltdown and would mm-hmm. cry. She was that shy, did yeah. not want to speak to people. She was the ultimate shady baby. Like she would give you the side eye, like don't come near me, I'm yeah. not rocking with you. Um, and cry. to see her you now coming out into her own, like TikTok is her thing. She likes making videos, which is surprising to me because this mm-hmm. is the girl who never wanted to be in the camera. Mm-hmm. I tried to put her into modeling as a baby, <laughs> and she was adorable. I put her, she'd sit in there laughing with the photographer. The minute he put the camera in front of her face, she would go like this and just stop smiling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's coming into her own, but her teacher had said, um, you know, Michaela is so confident, and she's so respectful. But, you know, that she was just like, she's able to articulate herself and her points of views without being, you know, nasty to her, her classmates. Even if it's, she has an opposing view, she's like, and that's something that's awesome and shows her maturity and shows, like, who she is. So she's confident. Um, Michaela is not shakable by what you say to her. Like, if yeah, she, she feels like, a certain way or she likes her. something... She's gonna rock with it and nothing you can even me. If I'm like, oh girl, your hair looks crazy. Mm -hmm. For your kids, you know, to make sure that you instill these elements of self respect and self esteem, especially when they go out into the world and start connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. They have a voice, they know how to use their voice, Mm -hmm. they are comfortable with their feelings, Mm -hmm. how they feel, how to express themselves. That's another thing that I don't think that people are specifically taught or engaging in in, in these how in any household really. And what your experience because I used to always say when I would be presented with some dumb shit from a male and I would be like, Do they just pull y'all aside and just teach you the dumbest shit ever? And you just because there's so many of you and you just keep saying it and repeating it that we're supposed to agree with it because this sounds dumb it is dumb and you look dumb mm-hmm. and it kind of proves to me that there is some i don't know if it's in high school where y'all get together 
and you, you, you give each other bad, wrong advice on how to... And it's not even in high school. It's before it's, high it's, school, right? It's the family members. Yeah, it's the family members. It's, it's who you're around. You see um, how they the deal or interact. I think not, so. They don't reinforce it. I because, think so because they dap you up on this dumb stuff. Oh, reinforce it as like congratulating yeah, they, you. Yes, yeah, they okay. encourage yes, it. Like, so yeah, we yeah. you know that makes it another you know oh that that also gets you excited so you want to do more so you can get congratulated or dapped on. And when a woman stands up to that, what? How did did you just go to one that would put up with the dumb shit, or were you just like, oh wow, she's not playing with me, mm-hmm. and let me get my act together? Like which one was it? Well, at that time, if she had said that, I'm gone. Right. So, but yeah, it like. But when, then you met one that wouldn't put up with the dumb shit, and then you were like, you married her because I was so. ready to chill with him. Because if I if I it was the old me, I'd have been gone a long time. Cold. Yeah, I, I was cold like that because mm-hmm. like I was at the point where um, I was just ruthless. I was just like I was so blunt to the point where I didn't care what you think. Ooh, speaking of blunt. <laughs> We're going to segue into higher segment. <laughs> higher standard. Higher standard segment. Um, before the end of this, you just reminded me. Thank Bang. you very much. But yeah, so, but um, like I said, we, especially growing up, there, I had tons of cousins, you know, my brothers and their friends, you know, so I'm hanging around the older crowd. So at that time, I was probably like the only male kid around that time the majority of them other my cousins was females so i grew up with a lot of females at the time so i know how to hang around females i had to be around females i was always around females so then the um so then the um you know the my cousins would give me tips mm-hmm. so how to do this and how to do how that to what girls like huh how to bag them how yep to keep them. so oh, yes. basically that's how to bag them really good i wasn't thinking about keeping them right. so um you know they had to give me tips so i was like okay it works so a lot of times they tell me, uh, girls don't like game. They just want you to be real. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I took that, flipped it to the point where I started telling girls, I'm don't, I don't want a relationship. Yeah. I just would like to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm about making my money right now, taking care of my, but my mother at the time was in Boston. Well, I was in Boston. She was in New York. So, um, I said, but. The only thing that I'm going to make sure that you come first. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are like, oh, no, I want a man. Uh, uh. So I said, would you rather a man that's going to keep it real with you right. or rather a man that's yeah. going to say, I'm going to wine and dine you and yeah. then lie yeah. later? That, and that's the thing, you know, j- finally, because I'm one of those people that's just always full disclosure. So that you know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I'll make the decision. I don't need you to make yep. a decision by lying by omission. Yep. Okay. I'm well within the coherency mm-hmm. and frame of mind mm-hmm. to make a decision about what I want to be subjected to. So that was, that was my point. So I, I, would, I would like to, you know, I'm basically giving them that option. Either you want to rock with me or you're not. You so I tell them, I say, if you're cool with this. Like I said, I'll make sure you get yours first. Mm-hmm. But I said, I don't want a relationship. Yeah. So I said, I'm telling you this up front because if you see me in the street with another female, don't run you up can't say me. nothing yeah, because you're not my girl. Mm-hmm. Right? Know your role. Mm-hmm. So she had to know her role. And like I said, that was how I was able to juggle females so easily because I could get a phone call sitting right down the 
bed with another girl. It's and, happened. And say, listen, I'm, I got to talk to you later because I already got somebody else over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Can you call me back like soon as she leaves? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got you. Boom. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had like girls literally on schedule. So, you know, at that point, it was just like this. It got so easy. I was, like, I was getting tired after for a while. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I said, I just need to chill and find me someone. I want to have a baby with. I was at the point where I was trying to choose which one of the ones I was messing with to have a baby with. Mm-hmm. A baby. Mm-hmm. That's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A baby. Mm-hmm. Because that, that was my way to get me to chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cycles. Better cycles. Well, this, is, this has been a very insightful um, mm-hmm. gathering of the minds. I, I definitely feel Indeed. like I have gotten some insight and um, you know, I just my final thoughts on this is that I definitely would like to say that in any relationship, whether you're with somebody now, you're thinking about leaving, if you're thinking about getting into something with somebody, be clear on who the fuck you are. If you don't know thyself, <laughs> don't be trying to know somebody else. That's true. Right now. Seriously. Yeah, there's right. time. Like, there's so many people out in the world. You can meet somebody. There's somebody for everybody. If you're fucking socially awkward, if you're weirdo, if you're goth, if you like crows like me, cats, <laughs> there's, somebody, there's somebody for everybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to be single, right? right? Oh, of course. And you don't have to be coupling up with people that you're not getting any fulfillment from. Right. Either. Mm-hmm. Be the best version of you so that when you get with somebody, y'all can be great together. And you're not in the cycle of healing past shit that's been unresolved. For mm-hmm. years that present themselves at the dumbest times mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with what you're trying to create now. Mm-hmm. I also think what Mike had mentioned, you know, my final thoughts are just, you know, how Mike had mentioned he wrote it out, right? Write the vision and make it plain. Write what you want and oh, a partner, you know, write it out and, you know, offer that up. You know, this is what I want. This is what I answer. And I mean, Mike was very, very specific. I had no idea. I had no idea what was coming, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, he was specific down to hair length, color, being able to sing, have an own car, college educated, all these different things that he wrote down. And manifested me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do believe that, you know, well, this is another conversation, but I do believe that, you know, everybody has their person. Um, wherever that person is, you know, someone somehow, some way out there is the person designed for you. You may have to go through a few crappy situations to find your person, but I think your person is out there. Um, so to the singletons that are out there that are listening, wondering if they're ever going to find their person, your person is out there. You don't have to get catfished on the internet. Please don't. You don't have to. And don't be sending no niggas no money. Oh. Please don't. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. No computer love. If you find computer love, which is fine, which is fine. I know people that have married doctors and attorneys from that. But For the men, if you're trying to send some money, it ain't tricking if you got it. Remember that. (laughs) I'm so done with that. That's the men and women. Don't send any money. Okay? Until you meet them. I can't. I'm just being trying to um, Yeah, guys, that's that's pretty much what I have right now is, you know, write the vision and make it plain. You know, have that two and two. Right. You know, know who you are and be strong in who you are. You know what I mean? Um, You know, I have girlfriends who didn't know who they were and lost their identity in a man and when that dude up and left everything crumbled so know who you are spend time with yourself get to know yourself be alone for a while to mm-hmm. learn your it's a good thing 
That's why I think, like, I knew who I was. Like, he couldn't tell me nothing. What? Boy, bye. I didn't know nothing about myself. I I knew who I was. You know what I mean? I was very strong. I still am a very strong-headed woman. And, you know, that's my my moon in Leo. But, um, you know, I I, I know who I am. I'm a strong woman. and, And, you know, listen, fool me once, shame on you. You know, fool me twice, shame on me. Right. There's never going to be a third time. Right. And with that, let's move into higher standards. Well, Mr. Mister Mike, do you have uh, any last words, Mikey B? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Mike just wants to say don't be a fuckboy. I'm done. He did not That's say that. That's a big fact. <laughs> but definitely, got like I said, value yourself. You know, that's what I'm teaching my girls now because like a lot of the women I did mess with did not value themselves. Straight mm-hmm. like that because... Yeah. You know, you could tell that they was uh, dealing with something inside, and I mm-hmm. used that. Mm-hmm. So I let them, that first day, I would let them sit there and mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. all they want. Yeah. And all, all you're doing is just, you're just giving me fuel. Yeah. I just know how to, yeah. I know how to keep you and Absolutely. treat you yeah. at that point. Yeah, so master manipulator. I sure was. And I used, I used everything you gave me. So, like I said, you got to know yourself. And value yourself. Yes, I love that. So, guys, get your mind right, then get money. Okay, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. But on that note, we're going to transition right on over to higher standards segment with Miss Arissa. What do we got today on the world of cannabis? I mean, so speaking of higher standards, I was talking about high standards in our cannabis quality. Okay. Okay. Today, I would like to just really quickly talk about where are you getting your weed and what is the quality of it. One of the things that I speak about on my blog is specifically visiting uh, licensed dispensaries versus unlicensed dispensaries, Uh. and the quality of the cannabis available is different, and the quality of the bud tenders that are tending the cannabis is, is that like a bartender? It absolutely That's is. so funny. Tender, yes, they That's tend dope. to the bud. And one of the things that I had written about on High from the Hill, um, one of my first blog posts was one of five reasons why you don't visit unlicensed dispensaries, mm-hmm. and one of those main five was because you really have no idea the quality of the weed any contaminants, what it's been grown with, if it has mold. And Ooh, for somebody, yes. Mold? Mold, absolutely, if it's not stored pro- properly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, the people that are tending it, if they... Wait, hold on, we got to back up and go to this mold thing. So you could smoke mold? Yes, yeah, it's very you, bad you, for you. I know, obviously. Yeah. But you don't know it's there. And, yeah. you wouldn't even, and you would be none the wiser. And you wouldn't see it growing on no, there. No, you don't see it growing on the canvas. You have There's to know. mold spores you would have to know. And so... When they're not educated, when they don't have any idea of what the growing protocols are from right. the grower, all of these things make a difference in the quality of the cannabis. And same thing if you're creating edibles with it. You will, anything that it has been grown with or subjected to is now going to be uh, infused within whatever you're creating to eat and serve to people. And if you don't have any idea, and you're making edibles or you're smoking it, you could be creating other very unsavory um, external factors that end up happening to you, which is never good. Mm. And so even though it's more expensive to go to a licensed dispensary, you will find that the quality is mainly unquestionable and the knowledge 
from the people that are there working that they can be able to guide you to a better strain if they are out or what have you is exponentially different. And so one of the things with this high, higher standard segment is I would like us to elevate our standards when it comes to cannabis, okay? And where we are procuring it from and making a point to reject places, right? That are not providing the highest quality flour, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. But didn't you get like locked in a dispensary that was unlicensed yes. and like... Yes, yes. And girl, oh my goodness, so... So this is, this is why I speak from experience. I was out here and I chose convenience, the dispensary, like literally a block from where I'm staying. And I was like, oh, let me go. Plus, I got friendly with one of the butt tenders there. Unlicensed. Mm -hmm. First time I was there, I would go. And we would get caught up in conversation. Like, I would literally be there for 45 minutes or an hour talking to this girl about her life or what have you. First time I was in there, and she's like, oh, hold on. Uh, what do you see out there? Do you see something? Hold on. I think the cops are coming. Okay, lock the door. <laughs> I'm like, wait, lock the door now? Me being locked in, I don't do well at all. Cage animal. Like a... Tigress. Mm -hmm. I start to pace. Mm -hmm. If I try the door and it, does not and it doesn't open oh and you see me look around, I literally am now starting to find things to break my way out. There's no such thing as containing me. Mm -hmm. I'm getting the uh, fuck out. So I was just like, you let me out and they're coming in, but I'm not staying. And she's like, no, no, no. The cops are here. They left 15 minutes later. Should have been my sign, right? Mm -hmm. No. I went back. This time it was a gang fight. Oh my God. I literally am in there in the morning chatting it up with her. Next thing you know, like, and I saw the sketchy gang members on my way in. Literally like loitering all mm -hmm. around. But I'm sitting here like, oh, I got this knife. I'll rock anybody in there, girl, if they come near <laughs> me. So I'm good. But I rolled up in there and I wasn't in there like five minutes before they're like banging on the windows of the dispensary, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, oh yeah, the, I think it's rival gangs right now. We're just gonna lock the door, and you're just gonna have to stay in here until they stop fighting. And I'm like, what yeah, if they don't that. stop fighting? What if they start shooting? I'm like, it, where is, do you the have a safe door. in here? I'm like, do you have a safe, a back door? Like, what's going on so that I can either get myself someplace very, very safe if these motherfuckers start shooting, mm -hmm. or I'm about to get out of here and walk through a hail of bullets and leave your ass here mm -hmm. to fend for yourself. After that, I was like, absolutely not. Only yeah. delivery. Only delivery. I only do delivery now. That's mm. crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Absolutely. So, fin final thoughts on that. We're elevating our standards when it comes to where we procure our weed. Even the weed man. I have a story about the weed man, too. First time I was ever held at gunpoint. Oh, Jesus. No, second time. Second time I stared down the barrel of a gun. Yep. From weed man. The weed man time. That's crazy. Yep. That's another story for another time. Sure enough. And I'm sure y'all want to hear it. But it will be sure on the next episode.
of the She Shed. Thank you guys for joining us. That's right, guys. Don't forget to go and follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook at The She Shed, on Instagram at The She Shed Podcast 28, and of course on our website, www.theshesheadpodcast.com. And don't forget, you can listen to us on all major platforms for our podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also. Spotify and there's a bunch of other ones out there too guys so go ahead and follow us anchor is our main platform you can find us there as well look forward to chatting it up with you soon ciao